0: Welcome to Talking Tempo. We are Sasha and Katie, two amateur running mums stepping outside our comfort zones to share our love and hate for all things running. In no way are we professionals, just two 40-something-year-old women who have too much in common, spend too much money on Nike shoes, matching socks and visors. We hope that our journey inspires and motivates others and that you laugh along with us. We were privileged to sit down with Lucy Bartholomew, who we all know is an international star in the ultra running world. There are so many elements to her running career, but most importantly, her personal journey, which you will get some insight into in our chat. Some of her amazing achievements include podium finishes at Mont Blanc Marathon, Western States, UTA, and Cape Town. Sasha and I had the pleasure of meeting Lucy at a Pillar sponsored event just before she raced at Black Hole 100 we are going to be honest with you, whilst we knew of Lucy, we'd only just started following her on social media as we are both road runners tipping our toes into trail running. Something we are grateful for and one of the reasons we have invited her as a guest today, we have been positively influenced by her story and not just influenced by edited pictures on Instagram. The fact Lucy gave us this opportunity has made us feel really privileged and we hope you get as much positivity out of our chat as we did. Enjoy.
1: okay welcome to episode five of talking tempo with sasha and katie now as you know from katie's bio that she's just read to you um about lucy and we all know this anyway she's an outstanding athlete but also an outstanding human being and we feel so lucky to have her with us tonight so thank you lucy and um welcome to talking tempo with Sasha and Katie. like We are so excited, I can't even um, tell you. And we really appreciate you giving us just a little bit of your wisdom tonight.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I feel like it's, it's super cool that we met just before Blackhall and we can kind of come back around and do the agreement that we said and jump on and have a chat. So it feels like a, a closed circle. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when we were when we saw you at um Bunya that evening, maybe we were both a little bit starstruck as well. And even just just getting to have a chat to you was really, really cool. And then when you said you would um agree to talk to us, we were we were pretty pumped. So yeah, it's great.
0: We're new to the podcasting world, so you need to bear with us. You're our yeah. second guest, we've had. <laughs> so we've we've got high, like we've gone straight to the top. So yeah. <laughs> we're in trouble yeah no pressure <laughs> yeah. all right should we get started with the questions go for it okay Lucy so this is a long one stay with me <laughs> after your um, podium finish at Blacker 100 you posted an image of yourself commenting hash rock the crop that hashtag connected with Sasha and I and many of your followers with over 500 comments across the running community One of the comments was from a follower who was surprised that a young, fit, professional athlete had the same doubts about themselves and applauded you for the post. I know we've all experienced it, standing on the start line, judging ourselves against the tone, fit, tan runner who we envisage will be stronger and faster than us. Our question for you, Lucy, is how does body image have an impact on our ability to perform at our best? And how do we get outside our headspace and be grateful for everything we put our bodies through as runners?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And it was a post that I wrote. uh, You know, I didn't think too much about it. And they're usually the posts that probably do the best is when it's very raw. It's a very recent experience. It It all came about from someone saying to me, Um, wow, I would never have the confidence to do that. And it's important to note that that person was a young girl and she was saying that in just a more of an or way rather than like a judgmental way on my part. Um, And so it kind of got me thinking and I was like, man, should I second guess what I was wearing? And like, did I a little bit? And I did, you know, I kind of was like, do I wear a pack? Do I not wear a pack? Do I wear a t-shirt because I'm wearing a pack and that will chafe me? And so kind of going through all the different considerations and when it kind of came to, you know what, I'm going to start with a belt on. That means I can run with my t-shirt. But if I, need, if I want to take the t-shirt off because it gets hot and I'm from Melbourne and not used to the Sunshine Coast heat humidity, yeah. then I have that opportunity. And, you know, when I took it off in that first leg and I just put it behind my sports bra to hold it in place... I was just like, oh, this this feels good. You know, this is comfortable. And every checkpoint, my crew was like, do you want the pack and a T-shirt? And I was like, nope, I still feel good. I'm really proud of the way I'm moving. I'm really strong. And I never like looked down and went, oh, man, like my folds are on display. My tummy is not, you know, it's not what it should be and I think that that just shows that I was so much more interested in the feeling that I had but also the people around me the nature I was in the sport I was doing and I think you know I've been through a pretty rough last few years and it kind of all accumulated to me being like heck yeah like I I just want to show up and I want to do what makes me feel good and I feel like me along with a lot of people we're just people pleasers we have these wild stories and imaginations of what people think of us when you know i always think people who run in sports browsing training and they will run past a whole line of traffic people sitting in their car and i want to do a study where i want this girl who's like to run past and then i want to interview everyone who was yeah. in the traffic line and say so you know what did you see on your morning commute not all of them are going to be like the traffic was shit. It was <laughs> like, it was uh terrible music was on the radio. Like they're not going to remember that. And I think um. that that's just something that we get so consumed that we think that that's what people are going to talk about. And you know, um Courtney DeWater, a good friend of mine an amazing ultra runner, she always says you know, look good, feel good, race good. And I think that that's like, it's so important. Like, when you feel like you look good and you yeah. back your body and you feel comfortable and confident, then you race that way. You know, I led Black Hole for the first 30Ks. I was super happy to sit in second and I was absolutely yeah. thrilled to finish in third. Yeah. And the vessel that carried me for 11 hours in the Sunshine Coast, who gives a crap? Like, yeah. You know, there can be an amazing, aesthetically pleasing person that probably that would struggle to do five kilometers of that distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we need to to look beyond the look and more about the the actual functional and the actual ability to kind of I was able to smile, to chat, to high five, to talk to everyone along that way. And that's got nothing to do with the body that I'm in. It's the it, the soul that's in it. And I think that we should focus
0: more on that. Oh, I absolutely agree. I love that. And but, uh, how do you get to that point? Because Sasha and I have been talking on our podcast. She has issues with her legs and I have issues with my tummy. And we're like, <laughs> I would never wear a crop. She'd never wear bike shorts.
2: Mm. I think it comes down to doing it and putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation. And, you know, they always say outside that comfort zone, that's where the growth happens. And I train all the time in my sports bra. I have no problems, especially around where I live. If I'm out in the bush, no problem. And I think that I'd kind of come to terms with it with me, but doing it in a public display, knowing that I had a, a photographer following me, this race was getting a lot of coverage.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: It kind of came with like, okay, like, am I strong enough to put this out to the public? Am I strong enough to, on social media, I can pick what frame goes up. When someone's taking photos of me out there, I don't get to choose which still they choose. And so I think that, you know, like I did it at home. I got my confidence up. I felt good. Then I had to question, like, can I do the next step? And I think that there's nothing more empowering than being like, I have my doubts. But yeah. I'm back at my confidence, and to see other people just be like, didn't even notice. Like, yeah. was like all I noticed was how tanned you were. And I, yeah. <laughs> well, I think That's Lucy, we like, said. I, I think you're right.
1: You know, when you were saying before, you know, what would people be thinking after that perfect girl ran past? And I think sometimes we just have to realize, actually, no one's actually thinking about you. No one's taking any notes of you. They're not. They're they're in their own head about their own trip to work, or they've got their own stuff. What? they're not thinking about us, get over yourself, (laughs)
2: you know. Totally, no one cares as much as you do about anything and I think that's like super important to realise and at the end of the day like when I think of Black Hole, I'm not going to think of that time that I ran in my sports bra, I'm going to be like, oh man, that time that I got to run so peacefully through the bush with such an incredible community and get to do a race that I'd been wanting to do for years and I think that what I wear and how I look, irrelevant, you know? Yeah.
1: So, but yeah. I guess the thing is, because you're such a big kind, you've got such a public presence, Um, rightly or wrongly, that didn't mean that for you. But for so many other people, it's actually inspiring. You may have made a difference to so many women thinking, Oh no, like even for me, even hearing your explanation of it, I'm like, cause I bought a crop top this was I'm wearing
0: one tomorrow, <laughs> watch <Yes>. out.
1: <laughs> I bought it and I tried it on and I said to Katie, no, not wearing it. But I've just listened to you and I'm not just saying it because you've said that, but I'm going to wear it in the morning. I'm going to just, like, who cares? No one's looking at me. No. And, and if they are, it's for two seconds, get over it.
2: Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I think like, it's it's so important to kind of push those boundaries of what we're told we should look like and what we should wear and how we should do running and how fast we should be running and um, to not conform and I mm-hmm. think that like that post you know it had I, I think it's had the most likes that I've ever posted with 15,000 likes
0: okay. and the
2: conversation that it started and the amount of shares and the just the kind of empowerment that came with it And I think people think because I'm the public eye and I'm a professional runner that I should have no doubts about my running ability, what I look like. But I think, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of elite athletes and I can tell you that it is 100% a a point of conversation and a point of doubt. Um, And that's why athletes are now working so closely with brands to create outfits like Courtney wearing her long shorts, you know, just like break down those barriers. There's people out there that will want to do what she's doing, but not have the confidence. All yeah. it takes is someone to be smiling in them to go, hang on a minute. Is she smiling because she's wearing the shorts or is she smiling because she's finally comfortable and doing yeah. what she wants?
1: Exactly. So
0: oh, good.
1: It's brilliant. And I, I suppose um, it's sort of it's a totally different topic now going on to the next question, but it you kind of touched on it. So it's there is a bit of a segue. So we just want to know like, What is the day, what's a day in the life of Lucy Bartholomew? You know, you were saying I run so many times and I do. What's your day like as an elite sports person?
2: Yeah, it's really not as exciting as I think people think it is. And it definitely (laughs) doesn't involve as much running as people think it does. Ah. Um, I think there's a really big misconception. I was speaking to a a friend of mine who's an amazing 400 metre track runner um, representing Australia at the Olympics. And she trains more mileage than I do. Um, wow. She's just, you know, it's it's kind of like a very different sport. And for me, and I think for ultra running, it's so important that you're protecting the stoke and the excitement and that kind of mental... Um, clarity and that kind of, yeah, like that pump to be out there. Cause you're going to be out there for so long okay. that I almost feel like the resting and off periods of my day is almost more important training than the running. And so, I mean, a day for me is I get up at around Seven o'clock, six thirty. I mean, I don't have kids. I don't have anything to do. So let me tell you, it's a very peaceful life I'm gonna (laughs)
1: You
2: enjoy that. (laughs) A little bit jealous. Yeah. All I have is my dog who I let out to go to the bathroom and she's my alarm clock. Yeah. Um, and then I have some breakfast. I go for a run, usually around probably the whole sessions, about two hours. Mm -hmm. And then I will come back, I'll have second breakfast. I will then um I coach women. So I work for a company called Femi, which is women coaching women around their menstrual cycles. Yeah. So I have about 10 athletes on there. I check in with them. I go through my social media, delete the comments I don't want to talk to, or <laughs> I apply to the ones that I, I love and um, kind of just see out my day, have lunch, go for maybe another run with my dog, maybe a run by myself, maybe a cycle, maybe a swim, just kind of like maybe 30 to 45 minutes of something else, come back, cook dinner for me and my dad, play Scrabble probably, and then call it a night. I mean, it's really... Yeah. Like- <laughs> it's the dream. You're, you're living the dream that we all want. I'd that's, love to have a life a like that. That's a good version. There's definitely days that it doesn't roll out like that. But yeah. um, that's that's the ideal and that's what I shoot for is to, to get my sleep, to eat well, to train hard and then to rest harder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about rest as well, haven't we, Katie? You know, yeah. we, are, we are not, we called ourselves dodgy runners the other day, but we are local everyday runners and we d- we probably don't have enough rest. And even hearing you talking about that, like we, yeah, we probably need to back off a little bit sometimes.
2: I think it's really important. And something that I say to a lot of my athletes is like stress plus rest equals growth. But your body doesn't differentiate stress. So whether that's stress from training, whether it's from family, whether it's from work, whether it's financial, whatever it is, your body is taking that and it's it's, it's using it and it's absorbing it. And then the rest is the, the equalizer. But if you're not resting enough and that stress is too high, you're never going to get the growth and the benefits And so sometimes, you know, when my athletes have got like just hectic work schedules or they're going through a breakup or they're, you know, it's like, don't use running as your emotional output. Like, let's chill out. What can we do else? Let's let's cook a nice meal. Let's run a bath. You know, like it doesn't always have to be on the exercise front that we keep pushing through. And I think that that's something that I think ultra runners particularly we lean on it so heavily and it's like we shouldn't always have to be running from something um we should just be running for something and that should be always for you number one
0: that is so true that touches a point with me because I think as a mom um running is my quiet time it's my I'm away from the children it's my time so if I don't get that in each day my day is missing something so yeah and you chase kilometers for kilometers
2: Totally. I mean, I have, I'm not a mum, obviously, and I can understand that it's such a fine balance. I mean, you probably would never train if you were like, Oh, am I too stressed about this whole thing life that I'm living now? Um, but I think that like, yeah, giving yourself grace and being super flexible and able to pivot is the most important thing, especially if you have a coach, just kind of being super communicable and, um, open to be like, okay, I wanted to do this. I didn't do it. That doesn't make me a bad athlete or a bad mom or a bad person. It makes me human. And it means that I'll wake up, the sun will set, the sun will rise and a new day, blank slate. Let's go again. Let's try our best again and see what happens.
0: That's a quick question I had for you, Lucy. Do you have a coach? Who you self-coached? I used
2: to have a coach. So I've had a coach, multiple coaches since I was 16 years old, so almost 10 years. And only recently did I decide to move away from my coach. He's a very highly renowned coach in the US. Um, But I had this really kind of deep feeling that I needed to go back to my intuition. I needed to go back to being like, just waking up and, and running out the door and being like, okay, I feel good. I'm going to run just easy today. Or I feel like, man, I got this burning desire to just like push a little. So let's do that. And, oh, I feel kind of shit today. I might just go home and go back to bed or something. And I just, I really loved, and it's how I trained into Black Hole for the last five weeks of it. And I just had the best time. You know, I always had the 10 minute rule. So I would run out for 10 minutes. And if I, didn't still didn't want to do it then I'd go home but usually after 10 minutes my body's warmed up I felt yeah. the sun had the wind my body's just kind of finally like oh, okay let's do this I I really do like this it's just when we go from stationary to running the thought of it is kind yeah. of horrendous um, <laughs> and yeah I just kind of have loved it I think my schedule is very privileged and it means that I don't have to conform to the long run on the weekend if I on Wednesday I'm like heck yeah let's go out for a few hours so that maybe on the weekend I just do park run and then I get to spend the day with my family and friends um I think having that kind of ability and not having to tell someone else and wait for them to change my program and to get their okay with it. Um, I just feel like it feels very centering to me with where I am at the moment in terms of my my head headspace, but also my my physical space as well. Yeah, yeah. super freeing yeah the next steps to get off Strava because that's the other little bit of uh, expectation that comes with uh with being on that platform and that's kind of like where I'm trying to work my
0: way up to (laughs) we talked about that the other day as well we were saying you know why do we use it is it a benefit we just like it's the pretty graph that's going up and up and you get cranky when it comes down or people judging yeah Totally. It's just to stroke the ego for sure. There's
2: absolutely like the feeling of a run and then you get a crown is just like through the roof. But the feeling of getting second best and you'd run it faster, the feeling of sinking of, oh, you know, in 2018, I was faster than I am now. And for, for a platform and for a, a digital screen of numbers to make your mood alter like that, it just can't be healthy. <laughs> and so I think that that's, um, it's like Instagram for me as well. You know, I used to have like a really good idea of my analytics on my social media and my followers, and you know, but my mood, if it was going up, it was great. If someone unfollowed, I was going down and I was yeah. like, nothing should have control over me like that except yeah. for me mm-hmm. um so that's what I'm working towards it's kind of like the sports bra I'm <laughs> in, in private I'm good in public oh we've got a little bit to go <laughs> yeah this
0: is finding Lucy there's so many changes
2: exactly yeah, yeah. and I feel like allowing space for that you know making room for that is really really my priority at the moment and so I'm very protective of my time and my energy and what I do and put my my name behind and give my word to people and Mm. yeah I used to just kind of feel like oh of course I have to do this yes absolutely yes 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 when will this opportunity ever come again and what I realize is that if it's the opportunity that's right for me but it's the wrong time it will come again Um, and so it's a really cool really cool feeling Um, and uh, I feel very happy with where I am right now
1: yeah I think it's great. you know we were laughing about how much energy and how bubbly you were and everything, and then we were laughing about well, that's because she's twenty years younger than us. but <laughs> you know you've been in the sport for so long you're kind of you're in your kind of um what's the word? you're kind of maturing through through everything as well, and you're on this great journey of understanding and realization probably that you know we get in ourselves as women, you're getting that sort of set, i can't really explain what i mean but you've got that that growing confidence and self-belief in, and self-worth that you're not putting on external things but as as women we i feel like we get that in our 40s but you're getting that as a runner who's been running for you know yes 15, 20 years that,
0: but is that because you started you started running when you're like doing ultras at 16 like that's that's young
2: yeah, and I think there's two things there. I think, one, you're a product of the people you surround yourself with. And I think that that speaks volumes of the ultra running community, um, is that you know they, they are a very open bunch. They are very kind of accepting and they've been with me since I got into the sport at 15 and have seen me evolve. With that obviously comes people's opinions and perspectives and speculations and that's always been a really challenging thing for me is if you started following me in 2018 when I was getting ready for Western States and I was a completely different physique and I was a very different space in terms of I was trying to win and to prove myself and to be on the world scene and to get a sponsorship and to make this my livelihood. Yeah. Um, and now you followed me now. I wouldn't be surprised if you were like, what the heck? You know, this is a 360. Um, but I'm so honored that people are sticking with it and kind of like evolving with it and understanding that there's that phase and there's this phase. And then there's lining up at black hole, which is this awesome like combination of the two phases where it's like, heck yeah, I want to find my potential on that day, but I'm not going to put my health and my happiness before that. Um, And then I also think like um, my dad always says, you know, like elite athletes, they have kind of like a 10 year span where they can perform at the top of their sport. And for most people, that'll be like early Late teens, early 20s to kind of early 30s. Um, and that's where they kind of retire and they move on. And ultra running is a really incredible sport in that, like, a lot of women are just getting going yeah. at 30s.
1: It's amazing.
2: It's amazing, but I've been in the sport now for 10 years Mm -hmm. and to be performing. And I do think that there is a bank of kilometers that our body is like, okay, like you're really digging deep to keep pushing through this. And I think that I had to have, and I was really lucky that they fell during the years of COVID where my body was like, hold up. Like, if you're gonna wanna do this for another, like God knows how long, then we're going to have to change something because yeah. you're not in a sustainable place. You're yeah. kind of biting off more than you can chew. You're saying yes to too many things. You're not being yeah. sustainable. And, and so I think kind of having that moment and having my body almost just like put the hammer down, like I've been incredibly lucky. I've never had a really bad injury. I've never had stress fractures. I've, and I've done some wild things to my body. Yeah. But The thing that always cracks for me is my mental health. My head will just go and it will say, I don't want to run. I don't like this sport. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't like who I am right now. And that's what goes. And the minute I start feeling those thoughts and feelings consecutively, of course, I still have my days where I'm like, this is so stupid. Why do I run? (laughs) Um, Then I kind of can be like, okay, we need to take a step back. We need to just like reassess. And now that I'm kind of doing all those aspects myself and not having to lean on it, have my coach or anyone weighing in on it, I can be far more kind of like, let's change it instantly. Let's bring it back to the basics and just, you know, re, uh, reset and uh, restart.
0: That's so good. I was going to say that. So Sasha and I are part of a running group in Brisbane. I'm run with Rob, who you met when we did our um, Bunny run. Um so that team inspires us every day to get out there and um I guess get out and be our best version. You you said in one of your um previous podcasts that, that a running community is more important to you than a running event. How do you what's your running community look like? Like you don't yeah. have a coach. You're an ultra runner, you got your dog. And your, dad. and your dad. Yeah. How do you um how do you keep motivated like running on your own every day or do you have it'd be hard to run with you every day, I would say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, my, I kind of ebb and flow when I'm traveling overseas, which is probably like six or seven months of the year, I lean heavily on the community because I'm kind of like, show me the trails. Can I sleep on your couch? Can you show me the best cafe to go to? And so I'm very running community conscious and focused when I'm traveling. When I come home, I'm definitely kind of more like, ah, you know, I don't live in the city. I don't live near a lot of people. We're on a lot of land out here. And so it's just kind of like, Oh, this is nice. Um, I've got the FEMI running community. So we yeah. have clubs um, which run every Friday in the city and it's early. So I only make it every now and then, <laughs> but I can kind of virtually through the FEMI, I get my, my feeling of athletes and community. We jump on zoom calls. I see them every now and then. And there's definitely, it fills that void if I need it. But I think what's most important for me is that after traveling, I come home, I'm with my family, my dad, if it's convenient and it works, awesome. But it's yeah. also really good for me just to kind of settle down into my yeah. own routine. And not many people, like you say, have my uh, my routine, you know, most people yeah. are like, I need to be done by nine. And I'm like, yeah. Dude, I'm just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I imagine that that's very grounding. once you've been you know you like you
1: say you've been away and you've been busy and you've been talking with this person, running with that person. it would be re- I, I would feel similarly coming back and being by myself. I'd need that down, quiet, kind of reset by myself. Introvert space must totally. keep you grounded as well.
2: Very much so. And it's really I used to kind of hit back into Australia and just, Felt like I needed to be back at Australian events and the season was just getting started. And Salomon, Australia, would it be like, oh, she's back? Awesome. Like, let's do some how to trail run workshops and some meet and greets. And, you know, it's taken me only in the last few years, especially after COVID, where I really got to understand that. I thought I kind of filled up of other people's energies, but I definitely fill up on my own mm-hmm. and I expend a lot of energy. I give people a lot of my energy. Wow. Um, and once I understood that and I realized I came out of COVID being like, Oh, I feel amazing. I feel <laughs> so centered. I feel like I know what I want. I do what I want to do. And I, I do it in my own time. Um, it's kind of been like, okay, this is what I need to take forward. Of course, there's things that I will still do and things will change. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been uh, a nice thing to be able to kind of like, I just call it protecting the stoke. You know, if you want the best version of Lucy at races and at community events, then you've got to respect that Lucy loves just to hang out in the bush with her dog and cook in her own kitchen and sleep in her own bed a lot. (laughs) Great.
1: I can totally relate to that. Yeah definitely
0: home bodies
2: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm really mindful that we're eating into your time Lucy we've I've probably got two questions
0: left what have you got Katie one or two I, I'll just do one you do right. you do your two oh are you sure I have one favorite that you're gonna say so go ahead <laughs> all right okay so uh,
1: as a highly accomplished and extraordinary runner as we know do you have any mantras or things that you say in your head when it's getting really tough, so I, I was watching your um run out, running out documentary, and obviously that was <clears throat> super tough. I mean, unbelievable thing to accomplish. And some of those, I was thinking not just the running and maybe falling off a cliff, but what about snakes and spiders? and how did what do you what kind of things do you say to yourself in your own mind when it gets super tough?
2: Yeah, I mean, Lyra Pinter was a very extreme situation. I feel like my mind almost worked against me a lot of the times out there. Um, but you
1: got through it, though. You know, it's amazing.
2: It. It's incredible yeah. what your body and your mind can do when it's the only option. And I feel like we're very rarely in that situation. Um but I would say that there's two mantras that I have. One of them is hakuna matata. I have the tattoo on my wrist and it just means no worries. And it was very much around like the sports bra thing. It was like, who cares? No, no worries. No one cares. Like you do you. And it's just like, it's always been kind of like a saying that I just love and I'll just repeat to myself. And then the other one is, I always try and focus on the things I can control, which is my effort and my attitude. They're the two things, everything else, the weather, how much further I have to go, the conditions of the trail. They're out of my control. And why would I waste energy and time and um, emotions on that? So it's kind of like I can control my effort. I can slow down. I can get the effort to get something out of my backpack, to drink some water And then I've got my attitude and it's kind of like, I can choose to be like, this is super shit. I don't (laughs) want to be here. This is the worst thing ever. Or I can be like, okay, right now is not awesome, but I'm really looking forward to when we come out of this. I look at the trees. It's super beautiful. Look at this view. Look at how far I've come. I'm so grateful for what it has been. Okay. Um, And just kind of like, I'm always like effort and attitude, effort and attitude, because they're Mm -hmm. the two things I can control and I can flick like a switch. Everything else, I kind of don't have a say in. And so I think that they're the two things that at Lyra Pinta, I was very much like, you know, like focus on those two things. The other thing that I can think of is that my dad and I, if you've seen the movie Happy Gilmore and he's like (laughs) going to tap the golf ball into the hole and he goes, just tap it in, tap, 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 tapity tap, tap. tap." (laughs) um, My dad and I, when we used to run together and we'd go up a hill and we were just doing those real like small little steps, he'd be like, just tap it in, tap, 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 tap. And then I'm always like, I was like Adam Sandler. He's like, just go home. Like, <laughs> go home. He's like a calm person, and I'm like the pent
0: up. <laughs> he probably gets joy out of that, though, annoying you. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Or getting your mind off it, that's that's probably what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, brilliant.
1: I love well, that, that leads
0: to the next question about your dad. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So um, I um, really um, connect with you around running with your dad. My, uh, my dad is also a runner and he's 68. And, wow. and yeah. And so when you were telling us, you know, um, we were listening to you talk about your dad turning 60, Oh, was it 61. 61. Yeah. Yeah. 61. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, my dad's the same and I you know, I love running with my dad and we talk things out as we're running. Like you had said, you know, sometimes you just talk things through with your dad. You weren't look, sitting across a table from him. You just run beside him, it made it easy to talk. And, um, yeah, I love still just chatting to my dad when we're running or if I've had a bad day or I had a bad week, go for a run with dad, talk things through or not talk things through but just run together. Um, yeah, I just – I really love and could connect with that. Um, but I was wondering, what's your best – kind of father-daughter either running moment or running memory that you've had because we obviously know this the story of you starting your run running journey with him when you were 15 and all of the issues around you know people judging and all of that but you must have had some outstanding things that have happened
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, they've all been, every run that I've shared with my dad has been super, super special in its own way. And I think that that's more of a testament to like him as a person. It didn't really matter where we were. It could have been on the bike path in, in Diamond Creek where we live. Um, I would say that Surf Coast Century, when we first ran our 100, my first 100K, and so I, I was 15 and he was 50, yes. um, there was just this really cool, you know for to have your dad back you and then like part of the rules for me to run was that we had to be side by side for 12 and a half hours 100 kilometers and that's not an easy thing to do with anyone let alone your father (laughs) your family
0: yeah your family yeah family
2: And I just, um, I just remember us kind of navigating the highs and lows and, you know, he tripped on a a stick on the sand and I thought it was hilarious and (laughs) because I was laughing at him. And then I said, have a Red Bull, grow up and he'd have the Red Bull and then he was feeling really good, but I was starting to struggle and he'd kind of, you know, like tell me some really bad dad jokes. And I just kind of look back at that whole 12 and a half hours and I was like you couldn't get a better start to the sport you couldn't write it any better than what it came down to and and he was that huge reason for it um and then you know since then we've had like really cool training runs but also him being my support and being my crew at big races he's come around the world with me and um crewed me at races like western states and yeah. there's an article written about him at western states and they they describe him as Mufasa looking after his Simba oh this thing because I I saw pictures of him and he's wearing his like team Lucy t-shirt and he's looking like super wow. proud and chest out <laughs> Aww,
1: yeah that's Just lovely yeah.
2: yeah that's definitely kind of uh a memory that I wasn't really a part of. I wasn't aware of it, but I'm like, It it just brings a smile to my face to, um, that I could represent
0: what he's given me in this, uh, in this lifetime.
2: But you were proud
0: of him watching you um, when he was running over the finish line at Black Hole. You were proud. You were excited. You could see that.
2: Oh, Black Hole was, my dad recently has had just a horrendous little stretch of, um, injuries and niggles and problems and just kind of training has been on and off and him getting to the start line was like the finish line of black hole it was like oh my gosh he's he's in Queensland he's on the start line he's got his bib made it whatever <laughs> happens is bonus um, yeah. and then when I finished we got straight in the car and we drove out to dad to meet him at around the he was at the damn wall so like 80 80 k's and he was panicked. He wanted to finish by midnight. It's his qualifier for Western States. And his sunto, his watch, was reading a few kilometers ahead. So he was like, oh, I'm at 85. And we were like, ooh. Nah. <laughs> 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 and then he'd like, you know, as everyone tries to do really bad maths after like, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it. And I was like, bad effort and attitude. Just like um, shut up and stop going. Like, run, more- run. <laughs> So to see him come in, you know, 20 minutes before turning 61, making the qualifier, I mean, we, we saw in his 61st birthday, he was sitting in his bed with cheese pasta and a red bull. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, you are turning 61 in
0: fucking style. Like, this is- <laughs> love it. <laughs> he is living it. I love it. <laughs> we were more excited no we were happy for you to finish and get a podium finish but we were looking up to see if your dad qualified so
2: <laughs> I honestly I had more messages be like um how did your dad do and I'm like thanks I did great <laughs>
0: yeah. you yeah. did do great you did great but all right, did right we know time is precious and we know we need to wrap it up but before we say goodbye um what's in store for you next year what can we look forward to cheering you on and, and um, yeah, watching what happens with Lucy in 2023?
2: You know, I can't even answer that because I don't know. I oh, haven't wow. got anything. I've got this Ironman that I'm doing in Perth yeah. in December and I really am just kind of like, we'll see. We'll see because it depends. If Dad gets into Western States, I will be there to crew him and pace him and be his yeah give back like he's given me. If he doesn't, he's going to Tatawira in New Zealand. And so I will go there and I will crew him and pace him and do something there. So I honestly, my sponsors asked me the other day and I said the same thing. I was like, we're just going to have to wait and see because this Lucy doesn't really pre-plan anything.
0: That is Um, so (laughs) cool.
2: So it's really cool because, you know, if if opportunities pop up, up, if my plans, I want to do something totally drastic and random, we'll see.
0: It's it's a cool place for me.
1: (laughs) That is brilliant.
0: So good, I love it. Um, I was looking at your recipe book online, and my little girl and I were picked out. She picked out the muffin recipe, so where we have planned, we're planners are going to make it together tomorrow. So well, hopefully, it's a good one. Here ah, are some <laughs> you've got them. Oh. Oh, okay.
2: Hopefully I, made I made them this morning because I was like, I'm going to need some weekend fuel. And uh, yeah, they're a good one. They're really awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, good. I look forward to trying them. Well, Thank I'm a that.
1: hopeless cook. But now that that's, you've said that that's a thing, Katie, I feel like I have to try to oh, do that. Oh, as well. We, we can have a Lucy muffin
0: off. <laughs> yeah.
2: This recipe book is made for useless cooks. Let me tell you, there's <laughs> nothing crazy in there. The only thing is one recipe you have to massage kale and that's about as extreme as it Whoa. gets. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's um let's give you um
1: The the kind of send off, I suppose, because you've given us way more time than than we asked you for, which is, you know, kind of sums you up really to us. You're just so good in so many ways for the sport. And uh, and as we've said, you know, we really we look up to you, you're inspiring us. So thank you so much, Lucy, for being so gracious and spending more time with us than we asked for. we love um what we've already learned from you anyway but just hearing the extra sort of insights this evening it just um reinforces what we were already already thinking um we wish you all the best for the rest of the year and for your triathlon in december obviously and um yeah the excitement for 2023 we're intrigued this space yeah 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 can't (laughs) wait to see um what happens next year and, and also watching what happens with your dad exciting.
2: Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you having me on and meeting you up in Queensland was super, super cool. And, you know, congratulations on starting this podcast because just like that post can reach people I would never imagine, it's the same thing with a podcast. A conversation can connect with someone and someone somewhere will be listening to it. And that's a pretty rad thing that you guys are doing. So I think, you know, it make sure you pat yourselves on the back and give <laughs> each other a hug and be like, we're all, we're all doing good things for the community. So it's awesome
0: thank you love it thank you Lucy thank you so
2: much
1: Lucy
0: see you have a good night happy running say hi to the kids (laughs) see ya we might hide in here for a
1: while (laughs) yeah